0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Good evening to all my lovely people. Oh, it's so good to see you guys. Um, Thank you for that opening prayer, Pastor. I, I need it today. I want you to know. I don't know how many of you guys recognize when an active attack is going on in your life from the enemy, but I have recently recognized an active attack going on, and I was like, I must be accomplishing something good for God's purpose and his will, uh, because, yeah, the, the powers of darkness are really trying to, to act up, but nevertheless. I come back and I stand here firm and I'm excited tonight. I don't know what kind of adrenaline or spiritual high or anointing I'm on tonight, but you guys just better buckle up your seatbelts because I'm ready. I am ready. So if you're ready, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to jump right into this tonight. Welcome to everybody who is coming in. We are on week two of your identity and your purpose in Christ, and as always, It's a fun ride for me. I love getting into God's word because it never disappoints. It never disappoints. There's so many disappointments out in the world that this is the one thing that I know will never fail me, and it's God's word. So before we get into our meat and potatoes of tonight's topic of our purpose, I wanted to make sure that for those of you who were here last week, or for those who might've listened to the tape, There were a couple of scriptures that I neglected to announce when we were going through uh, some of the portions of last week. So I just want to start with a very brief recap, um, specifically in the area. So last week we talked about identity as far as three areas. We talked about who we are, what we have, and what we can do as a Christian or as a child of God. So when we were in that section about what we have— there was a slide point, and there were different, uh, different points that we talked about, but one of them that we came across in depth was on the fact that because you are blessed, what you have is access to a rich life or an abundant life, okay? And what we did was we clarified what biblical rich means, or what the word rich in the Bible means, and I wanted to make sure that I give you guys those scriptures to write down because we didn't have time to go through them in depth, and I just again want to make sure that it is um, recorded. So you can just write these down. Actually, I did bring my Bible, so I did want to kind of read through them. The first one was in Proverbs. Actually, a lot of them are in Proverbs, so if you want to be able to know more about what prosperity and riches really means to God in the Bible, Proverbs is a good place. But I want to start with Proverbs 10.22, and I'm just going to really quickly read through these as a backtrack, and then we're going to jump right into tonight's scriptures. So um, if you're just writing them down, I will read, and you can follow along by listening. Proverbs 10:22. Some of you guys are familiar with these scriptures. And all right, so I'm reading from the new King James Version, and again, I'm just going to read them and move on. But this one here says Proverbs 10:22: "The blessing of the Lord." makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Okay, that's Proverbs 10.22. And again, when you do your own individual Bible studies and um, lessons, you will go into context of what he's talking about. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. I'm going to move to Proverbs 13.22, and that one says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous one okay so again these are just some fundamental or some foundational scriptures that i want you to go back and study in regards to how god perceives you as rich and abundantly blessed so that was proverbs 13:22 i also have proverbs 21:20 Proverbs 2120. And actually, I might have written that one down wrong because that doesn't sound right. In this. Let me see. <laughs> 2120. Ah, uh, okay. I think what it is is if you read these, I read this in a different translation. So I'll have to come back next week and give you the translation that I read. But this is the proper scripture. Proverbs 21, 20, it says there is desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. So again, I think it might have been the NIV version or the uh, amplified version where those terms were, uh, they use more English modern day terms for us to be able to understand what that's talking about. But again, the context is there. And that was from Proverbs 21:20. 20. And then, um, of course, 3 John 2 3 John 2 is another scripture. Really quickly, we'll go there. And most of these I kind of know by heart, but I just want to read them to make sure I don't butcher them. There's nothing like butchering God, so you don't want to butcher God's word or get it wrong. So I am going to go directly to the book. All right, 3 John verse 2. Come on. This is actually... Uh, just my reading Bible. It's not my study Bible. So the pages are still kind of stuck together and kind of new. When I get my study Bible out, oh, that one, that's the one that has all the highlights and the markings and the pages are falling out because you know when you're in your study Bible what that might look like. This one's just for show. (laughs) All right, come on now. Third John. See how the enemy tries to get you to, there we go. All right. And this one's one of my favorites. That's why it's taking so long to get there. All right. Third John 2. Ha ha. And it opens up with beloved. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Okay? Spirit, soul, and body, head to toe. Uh, God wants you to prosper in all things for his glory. You are blessed to be a blessing. And last but not least, Malachi 3.10 um, is another scripture that I had marked on that one. Um, and it says that, you know, if you bring all your tithes into the storehouse, God's going to do something for you, right? He's going to reward you. He's going to reward you in a way that he's going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out upon you such blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it, okay? And again, the purpose of the abundance of the rich life, as far as God is concerned, it's not for us to be greedy. It's not for us to be selfish. It's to equip us, equip us to be a blessing to the saints and to the world, okay? And so again, I just wanted you guys to have uh, the scripture references because that's really, really important. It's important to know what God says. Um, So, There you go. All right. So that was just uh, tacking on to what we did last week with our identity. And for this week, we get to dive into your purpose in Christ, your purpose in Christ. So starting for tonight, I have a question on the very first slide. The question says, what is your purpose? Do you know what your purpose is? And if so, what is it? I know I you know, come across people all the time who say, I don't know what my purpose is, you know? And it could be people of all different stages of life, you know, early teens, young adult, you know, uh, middle adult, even into their, you know, their senior years, and they're still saying, I don't know what my purpose is. Just by a show of hands, is there anyone in the room who, dec- who says, I think I know what my purpose is. I think I do know what my purpose is. I've got a couple here. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, six or so. Okay, and let's be honest. Again, I won't put you on the spot as far as verbally having to say anything, but is there anyone here tonight who hopes they get more revelation because they're not sure what their purpose is? Amen. Okay, right. Well, I hope I do the job of being able to bring um, or allowing the Holy Spirit to use me to bring clarity to you regarding this. So with that being said, answering this question, do you know what your purpose in life and what it is? I want to let you know that as Christians, okay, we all have been given the same fundamental purpose, which is to glorify God in our lives. That's like the basic fundamental um, purpose that we all share as Christians, it's a, you know, I say general, but I don't want to say general to make it casual because it's very important, but it's your general purpose. Your purpose is to live for the glory of God, okay? This is why you were created. All of creation, their purpose, its purpose, is to glorify God. So, us as His children, all the way to the stars and the moon, everything that He created has a purpose, and its purpose is to bring glory to God. Okay, so with that being said, when you leave here tonight, the very first thing you will have is an understanding that your main first fundamental purpose for why you were created and why you're on this earth, why you live, is to glorify our God. Okay, so what I like to say is that people, places, things these all serve as what I call purpose accelerators, okay, through which we manifest the goal of bringing glory to God. Some some people say that's, you know, when you identify what your calling is, right, or what your role is. So our desire to help and serve others through our roles in life of being, let's say, an excellent spouse, excellent parent, friend, child, business person, this is all how or the methodology in which we fulfill the purpose of bringing glory to God. Okay, and so I don't want to make it too complicated, but I know for if I use myself as an example, I grew up in the church, okay, and as I became an adult, as I became a mother, I would always say that my purpose, once my son was born, I knew that my purpose was to be a mom because it just felt right, okay? I just knew this was my purpose, to be a mom, or my purpose for a season of my life was to be uh, serving others in the capacity of social work, because that's what my uh, educational background is. So I always identified my purpose with those roles or those titles. And what I've gained a revelation about or a deeper understanding about is that all of those things act as accelerators for my purpose, or the way in which I fulfill glorifying God. Does that make sense to you guys there? Okay, so your purpose is to glorify God. How you do that, that's when you get to peel back the layers and say, oh, you know what? When I'm being doing my best to be a good mom, I'm glorifying God. When I'm doing my best to be a good friend, I'm glorifying God when I'm doing my best to learn his word and just be a good steward over the things that he's given me, I'm glorifying God. So there is purpose um, in the things that we do and it's to to glorify God. Every single thing that we do in life, every single thing that we do in life can be purpose fulfilling if our aim is to please him, both big and small. I remember um, listening to, some of the mentors online that I used to grow up listening to, and as I was starting my ministry and things like that, um, I heard someone say that even something as small as returning your grocery cart back to the cart holder in the parking lot can glorify God. Even cooking dinner at night for your family can glorify God. See, we minimize and we you know, water down everyday life because we think God has to be, you know, or the only way to glorify him is on some magnitude scale. And he's concerned about every single little thing that you do when you're taking care of your temple, you know, and you're working out, you're glorifying God, you know. So I want you to never discount what it is that you're doing and it having an impact on the Lord, okay, or on you fulfilling your purpose for him. He smiles every time you do what you were created to do. And if he assigns you to own a business, if he assigns you to work for a certain industry and, again, serve others in whatever capacity it is, that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you glorify God. Okay? So, purpose accelerators. That's what I like to call those things. Whatever it is that you enjoy doing and you do it all for his glory. Okay. It doesn't have to be ministry as we see it standing from a pulpit. Okay. It could be opening the door and helping someone, you know, with their groceries or uh, smiling at someone who you know is just having a bad day. It doesn't matter. Those things all count when it comes to that. So everyday life, everything that we do, we can do for his glory. So the next thing I want you guys to recognize is that in addition to purpose accelerators, there's something that I like to say, what's driving your purpose, okay? We've identified what the purpose is and we identified how we fulfill it, but what's really driving your purpose? And at the same time, what's blocking your purpose, right? We gotta know these things because when we don't, we fall victim to the enemy's traps. And that's why we are uh, acknowledging these things tonight and making sure that we have clarity with regards to that. So we should recognize that there are, in my uh, teaching, four underlying experiences that either drive our purpose in life or block our purpose in life. And those four things are good versus evil, love versus hate, pain versus pleasure and faith versus fear. Okay. And okay, good. I do have them up there. (laughs) I was hoping I remembered to put them on the PowerPoint there. Those are what I have learned. And a lot of this teaching tonight, you guys, just so you know, um, I'm currently doing a um, simultaneous teaching um, from the Purpose Driven Life book, And that's where a lot of this information is coming from. So let me just say, I suggest if you don't already have that book, that you get it and you read it because a lot of this stuff will be able to uh, fill in the blanks of where we are because we only have uh, a limited amount of time to focus on it. But the purpose-driven life, this is what he talks about. Good versus evil, love versus hate, pain versus pleasure, and faith versus fear. Because everyone is driven by something, okay? Okay. Usually, though, that something is negative, right? Some people are driven by guilt. Some people are driven by fear and anger, resentment, need for approval or materialism, right? When we come out of the world, because that's the way the world operates, right? Sometimes those things are still lingering and we have to learn how to override the bad with the good. We need to get to a point where we are driven to do what we want to do or do the right thing, excuse me, out of love. Pure and simple love for God and wanting to bring glory to his name should be the thing that drives you to fulfill your purpose every single day. Your faith is the thing that should drive you every single day to want to get up and keep going in spite of what you may feel or what you see happening in your life right now. The world, it is evident that those who are not in Christ are driven by evil. There's no other way to explain it. When you look out there and you see what's going on right now, it is pure wickedness. And it drives them because they like get some twisted you know, satisfaction out of it. We need to be an example of flipping the script and allowing the good to be what drives us to do things that will bring glory to God's name. So I just point that out so that you guys can go home and ask yourselves, okay, I know what my purpose is. I know what I've been called to do to fulfill that purpose, but are there some things that are blocking my purpose from coming to pass? And what are those things that drive me to actually make it happen, okay? Good versus evil, love versus hate, pain versus pleasure. Oh my goodness, those are some things that again, we don't really stop and think about. And I know for a long time, fear was driving me. When I talked about uh, motherhood and how I said I knew that was like my purpose or my calling to be a, a good mom, it wasn't so much in the beginning that the love that I had for God for you know, positioning me for this was driving me. It was the fear of failing at being a mom that was driving me to do what I was doing. It was like, again, this twisted backwards thing that the enemy does where he takes what God meant for good and tries to use it for evil. And so I needed to check my motivation. I needed to check my motivation. My intentions were good, right? To keep my kids out of trouble, help them, you know, get to where they needed to be in life. But if I woke up every morning fearing that what would happen if it didn't, because here's the thing that happens with fear, it's attached to pride. Because see, if for some reason my kids didn't accomplish something or they failed in something, I took that as a personal failure for myself, okay? And so I realized what was really driving me was honestly, and I hate to say it this way, but again, that's where maturity comes in. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want them to fail, but I also didn't want to fail. It was a reflection on me. I remember with my oldest son, oh my goodness, everything, I was so on him because I felt like everything he did, good or bad, was a direct reflection of me, you know, and so God had to teach me and mature me and grow me to a place where I understood where my internal motivation for fulfilling my calling and my purpose, was coming from. So, I think we're still good on the slides. Go ahead. I wanted to uh, add something to that slide. Maybe it'll fit in under pain and pleasure, but you know, I'm driven by some things and I know a lot of people that I've uh, read about. Mm -hmm. If you have a healing, Uh, situation in your body and you get healed of it or you have like family and friends that have been tormented by sickness or death, that motivates them to want to learn how to minister healing. Like I know John G. Lake, uh, most of his family his siblings were, you know, had catastrophic illness. Mm, So would you put that in the pain versus pleasure category? In other words, you've experienced the pain, now you're going to I would. I would. And I think that's a good point to uh, highlight is because, again, it's all about how we use these things. Because, again, you know, the Bible, and you correct me if I'm wrong, God said that one of the reasons why, you know, suffering and pain is permitted to, you know, is for us to be able to grow from it, right? And so it's one of the things where since you have experienced pain, you know, like I know there's some things I do not want to go Back to I know what it's like to you know feel that way, um, so now I want to do what I can to to change that and again, not be driven by uh, fear or pain, but change my motivation and now you know the pleasure that you get from doing god's word from being obedient right there's a there's a pleasure that that comes from that and I think that's what else is uh, connected scripturally when God talks about obedience is better than sacrifice and things like that. You know, so there's always a context in which all of these things can be broken down and applied to many different areas of our lives. And this is why it's so important, you guys, to have dialogue with the Holy Spirit, because each and every one of us is going through something different where these things will apply um, in a different way format, you know, or a different context. And you want to be able to get the full revelation of what it means to you. What is God saying to you when he highlights these things? Because maybe, you know, good versus evil, maybe you realize, okay, well, no, I'm not really dealing with that necessarily or struggling with that. Okay, but maybe, maybe it's the faith versus fear. You know, maybe it's something else. So um, again, that is definitely true how these things can Influence and motivate us to do the right thing and bring glory to God. So, um, like I said, everyone's driven by something. Make sure what you are driven by is your love for Christ. So, I'm going to move on to the next slide that's going to talk about what I feel um, was a good place to insert this into this conversation about purpose, right? We were created or we were purposed to glorify God, but I believe truly that we are also purposed for relationship, okay? Relationship. God himself is in relationship with himself, first and foremost, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we are purposed to be in relationship with him and with one another. That is why we were created. We were created to love and to be loved, and we talked about that on week one, be loved, right? Um, Relationships, they're the cornerstone of our existence. So we're gonna weave this in to purpose. You are purposed to be in relationship and we're gonna go deeper with what that what that means, okay? Relationships are the cornerstone of our existence. We were created, okay, and purposed for community. We were fashioned for fellowship and we were formed for family. Okay, this is often where Satan attacks most because the family, that is so precious to God. That is, again, the cornerstone of life. Adam and Eve, he said, go multiply and be fruitful. And if if the enemy can cause division in relationships, oh, he can attempt to um, usurp the purpose that God has for your life. So this is something that I, again, I got from the Purpose Driven Life book, that statement, we were created for community, fashioned for fellowship and formed for family. And he makes this point, you know, he says, the Bible does not talk about anything regarding solitary saints or spiritual hermits. And I thought that was interesting. There may be a season in life where God might separate you, but you were never created to live in isolation or live a hermited life, you know, separated and disconnected from people. We all have different personality traits, however, you need to figure out how God intends to use you to be in relationship because that is his purpose for you. We were called to belong, not just to believe, okay? This is something that you can elevate your understanding about your purpose, your purpose to be in relationship. Now, there's a difference between relationship and fellowship, and I wanna talk about that a little bit. Difference between relationship and fellowship. What is the biblical definition of fellowship? Because a lot of times, remember, we use words very casually sometimes. And I remember growing up, and actually this was probably when I was in school, how I learned how to not use the word friendship too casually. Because if God considers me to be his friend, and he's my friend, I need to recognize the context and what that is. So very often I say, when people say they're talking about their friends, I say, are you talking about your friends or are you talking about associates? Because there's a difference there, you know, especially, well, with regards to what it's intended to be. So fellowship, you know, the Bible says in Matthew 18:20 that where two or three or more are gathered right? There he is in the midst of them. So the importance of fellowship is the fact that God's presence is there. Therefore, fellowship, when you talk about fellowship, it is not casual. True fellowship is not casual. It is not selfish, superficial. It's not pretentious or fake we all know about that fake fellowship, right? (laughs) We have those fake friends, okay? This is not what we're talking about. It's not inconsequential either. It's not minuscule, okay? Fellowship, God's fellowship, and I brought this for a reason so that I could kind of walk around, so I'm going to try to do that here, all right? Fellowship is unselfish loving, okay? It is sacrificial giving. It is sympathetic, comforting, mutual encouragement, and heart-to-heart sharing. That's what fellowship is, right? That's what we purpose to do through fellowshipping in the church. And then we need to take that fellowship out to the world. Okay, that's what fellowship is. Unselfish loving, sacrificial giving, sympathetic comforting, mutual encouragement, and heart to heart sharing. I just think that's very deep. And I want to, again, not treat it casually anymore when I'm being purposeful about my purpose. I'm probably gonna say that a couple more times before we end tonight, because I think it's impactful. Be purposeful about your purpose and you have been purposed to be in relationship and have fellowship. Fellowship, true fellowship is also gonna require grace. It's gonna require mercy, honor, and the big one, forgiveness, forgiveness. We truly cannot be in fellowship until we're able to forgive, okay? You guys still with me out there on this, okay? I I got some, the studious people out here that I can see it in your faces. And I love it because I really feel like, again, God is going to stir something up in you that's going to empower you to just go one level higher, right? One level higher to impact more people in the world and have an impact on your life. So speaking of relationships, and I think, um, I'm not sure if this is on the next slide or not, but relationships are also not built on convenience. Okay they're not built on convenience. Relationships are built on conviction. The conviction that we need these relationships for our spiritual health and well-being. So, you know, the Bible warns us about who we get into relationship with, right? He talks about being unequally yoked and things like this. And and I think it's very important to be able to distinguish again. Now, we're not talking about, um, you know, being legalistic in where you know, we're the light, we're supposed to go into dark places, and we don't want to because we're like, no, 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 that doesn't line up with, you know, with what I believe in, who I am, and I don't want to fellowship with the darkness. Well, he's not saying fellowship with the darkness, okay? He's saying go in and have an impact. I talk about how the light is supposed to affect the darkness, and the darkness isn't supposed to infect the light. You got to, remember this and keep everything in context, okay? Relationships are not built on convenience. They're built on the conviction that we need it for our spiritual health and well-being, especially when it comes to our relationship with God. Because again, we're human. So the majority of our conscious effort in relationships is with each other. It's just the way it is, right? So for us to be purposeful in making sure that We're not making our relationship with God a matter of convenience. And we've all been there, we've all been there. We've all been there where we end up giving not God what, we don't give God what's right, we give him what's left after we've given ourselves to everybody else. And that's not good, okay? And again, that can be applied also in your earthly relationships. When I'm, you know, coaching husbands and wives and I tell them, I say, listen, you know, when you're in covenant, Okay, because that's another different type of relationship. When you're in covenant, you cannot give of yourself to everybody else first and then try to give what's left over to the people who mean the most to you or who you say means the most to you. And I think with God, that's very important for us to keep him first place in our relationships. In order for them to be purposeful and meaningful, you have to invest the time you have to invest time in your relationships. The book um, talks about busyness is an enemy to relationships. Too busy to fellowship, too busy to congregate, too busy to read our Bibles, too busy to come to, you know, service on Sunday or midweek Bible studies. Pause and give your time and attention to nurture the relationships That's what you've been purposed for, okay? Alrighty, so, um, and I did have that quote up there, we need to be intentional about giving those what's right and not what's left. All right, so here is this part. Let's talk about what are some of the benefits. Some of the benefits of living a purpose-driven, or a purpose-centered life, real purpose. So I have them bullet pointed here, and I'm going to go through and give a little bit of detail on this, but this is important because I love how God loves us, because he never asks us to do anything, one that's going to bring harm to us, but he always has this built-in plan where, again, it's for your good. There are some benefits to following a purpose-driven life, and the first thing is that purpose, knowing your purpose, gives meaning to life. Remember how I opened up and I was saying, you know, how many of us are still kind of questioning what our purpose is? If you don't know what your purpose is, you are just life in motion with no meaning. So it's no wonder there may be days where you struggle To, you know, get out of bed, it's kind of like, well, what for? I'm just gonna go around this mountain again today, you know. But (laughs) and again, I'm always talking about myself. I've been there, done that, you know, until I found purpose or until I understood what my true purpose was. So when I do have those thoughts in the morning and I get them, I love what I do. That does not make me immune to the fact that my body still says, oh, we are too tired for this today, you know, um, and it's, oh, we just want to stay in bed, and we just want to, you know, veg out, and this whole uh, word now that's been for quite some years now, ever since Hulu and Netflix came out, this binge-watching thing, oh, that's so tempting, it's so tempting, you know, um, but not during the week, during the week, gotta grind, okay, so that's just for the, the weekend, but I have purpose, so No matter what my body's telling me, no matter what my mind is telling me, my heart reminds me, this is for you, Jesus. This is for you. I'm getting up, and I'm going out, and this is for you. It's not about me. When you can mature to that place, I promise you, things will become easier in your life. And that's because purpose simplifies your life. Purpose simplifies your life. People who don't know their purpose, they try to do too much. And that leads to toil, stress, anxiety, fatigue, and conflict. Oh my goodness, there's so much where is revealed when I'm you know, coming across people who are stressed out, anxious, worried, tired, arguing, there's conflict, there's division, And I said, you guys have lost sight of the real meaning of your purpose. You've gotten caught up. How many of us have gotten caught up, right, in all of those things? And it's just, it's like, okay, no condemnation. Let's take this knowledge and recognize and step back and not give the enemy place anymore. Just because stuff is presented to you doesn't mean you have to accept it and embrace it right? No one's saying that things that go wrong feel good, right? Or you should be happy about them, but you don't have to cater to those things, right? You can declare, hold up, wait a minute, okay, let me simplify this. All of this stuff going on, what really matters? And a lot of times I ask myself, God, what do you want me to learn from this? That right there helps me to just, you know, separate and detox from all of the chaos and just hone in on what my purpose is, is to glorify you. So how can I glorify you in this situation? A lot of times he'll tell you, just keep your mouth shut (laughs) or walk away, you know, or again, forgive or whatever it was that it is. But purpose simplifies life so that we aren't caught up doing too much. I always talk about staying in your lane. Okay, we all have a lane that God has given us. And even though, again, we share that same general purpose to glorify him, how you do it and how you do it is gonna be different. But if you try to do his thing and he tries to do your thing, there's gonna be conflict, there's gonna be stress, right? You weren't created to do that particular thing or to glorify God in that particular way during that particular season. So again, I say, hmm, this isn't supposed to be on my plate. Here you go, okay? Give it back. Give it back to God. Let him distribute it to who he's supposed to so that you are not carrying more than what you are supposed to. We're talking about the benefits of living a purpose-driven life. This one's good, too. Purpose brings focus. Focus to your life. I'm sure all of us have experienced times in life, some more recent than others, where we're just, what's the word? Uh, Discombobulated. That's what we used to say, right? Just all over the place right and it's just like your mind goes here and your mind goes there and your mind's all over the place and again that's draining right that's emotionally and physically draining however when you have clear understanding about what your purpose is you can begin to focus your life it concentrates your effort and your energy on what's most important so that you become more effective by becoming more selective. Okay? Do you guys get that? Again, I am guilty of the wanting to do it all syndrome, right? Because somehow, of course, doing it all must mean more importance and more value and more worth. God saying not if that's not what I asked you to do, right? So I needed to learn how to Focus on being more effective by being more selective about, God, what is it that you want me to do in the here and now so that I stay in my lane and I avoid all of the traps of the chaos and the stress and being overwhelmed and all of that stuff. So cast your cares on him for he cares for you. Let him bring clarity to you. All right purpose. Purpose Purpose-centered life has a greater impact. All right, so let's look at the next slide at what else purpose, uh, what else we can benefit from with purpose. We talked about earlier motivation, right? When you have a deeper understanding about your purpose, you can increase your motivation and that motivation is going to lead to a passion. A lot of times I teach on purpose and passion together because I'll ask people you know, do you know what your purpose is? And they might say, yes. And I say, well, do you know what your passion is? And they go, hmm, I never thought about that. Or I'm still searching. You know, they know they're supposed to have one, but they don't know if they do. Passion is very important. And when you know your purpose and you seek God, he'll reveal to you what that, that passion is. Because again, that passion helps you override your emotions. Okay. I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about loving God and being obedient. So again, you could go down the checklist, and once you just get to love God, it's like there's no, more, there's no other excuses, no other backdoor, no other option. We're just going to do it because we've decided to trust God and to love God. So purpose motivates your life, ladies and gentlemen, and it produces passion. And here's what it does, too. Purpose prepares us for eternity. And basically what this means is that all of us have gifts and talents and opportunities and resources that God has given us in our lives, right? And when we get to heaven, we're gonna stand before God and we'll have to give an account for how well we stewarded over these gifts. And so I want to make sure that, again, my life here is not haphazard, right? Because I'm gonna have to give an account of my life when I stand before the Lord. And I want to be able to hear him say, well done, right? Doesn't mean perfect. It just means are you being obedient and recognizing that when you're off course, you're getting yourself back on course. So every day what you're doing, remember how I said don't treat it casually or insignificantly? Okay, the Bible talks about storing up, right, for these rewards that we're getting. So there's a purpose. There's a reason. There's a benefit to living a purpose-driven life life. And it's all connected. And for me, that's exciting because I know how it was to live without focus, to live without motivation, to live without understanding, to live without purpose. And again, just wake up and say, okay, let's just see what today brings us now. And, and then you do this thing where you spend most of your life, what I call... Uh, hunkering down, right? Just duck and cover, right? I know there's a fight out there, but I'm just going to see, oh, okay, I got through today. Just bugger the... No, 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 no. We talked about this last week about our identity and what we have the authority to do. And so to be able to live free, right? A purpose-driven life helps you to live free, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to worry about the attacks when you know you've got the victory. So I just think that's really exciting. And preparing for eternity, yeah, I, I want to do that. I, I really really want to do that. So this last point here on this slide about purpose requiring change or living a purpose-driven life, it's going to require some changes. It's going to require changes in our priorities, in our schedules, in those relationships we talked about, and everything else. Because again, when God becomes centered, focused, not everything can be in your circle. Not everything's meant to be in your circle. So we talked about investing time, right? Okay, that comes from changing our priorities. That comes from putting boundaries, healthy boundaries in our relationships. Okay, people know or my, kid, I'll start off with my kids knew um, when they were home that between, usually it was between like six and seven in the morning. If mom is downstairs and it's especially on a Sunday, it's me and the Lord. It's my Bible and my coffee, Jesus and coffee. Give me that in the morning and then you can talk to me, right? And so it was one of those things where I had to set boundaries and priorities to make God my first priority love my kids, but right now, this is what I need to do is give myself to God first, and they respected that, and they knew that, and I've taught them how to do that themselves, too, and it's not to, um, you know, be rude or anything like that, and I tell you, if you, if you live life trying to please everybody, you're, you're, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot, you know, kind of thing. I tell people all the time, I love you, but I, I got to do what God told me to, to do. He's the one I answer to, you know? And it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing because what? People get, our, we get our feelings hurt. We get offended, right? Again, um, but God has never failed me to when he's asked me to do something that required saying no to someone. He ensured, right, that the blessing followed that obedience. Okay, there's always a blessing that follows obedience. So living a purpose-driven life is going to require you to change your priorities, change your schedule, okay? I love those people who tell me, oh, I admire you getting up at five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, spend an hour with God. I wish I could do that. I'm just not a morning person. Okay, but are you doing it at night? No. Are you doing it in the afternoon? No. Okay, so, so right then and there, that's an excuse, and that's not setting Uh, Your priorities and your schedule right. So where there's a will, there's a way, and there's nothing more important than investing in your relationship with God. You guys good with that? Is that bringing a deeper level of understanding and revelation about the fact that, again, this life is not just uh, to be lived haphazardly, that everything that we do, there should be intention behind it. There should be purpose behind it, and that ultimate purpose is, I ask all the time, I say, Lord, let everything I say and do, when I leave the house in the morning, let everything I say and do be pleasing in your sight, okay? Even if I know I'm going to stumble or whatever, like, I set the the goal, right? The marker to be, let everything I say and do be pleasing in your sight, and so when my attitude wants to start acting up midway through the day, I have to remind myself, is, is, is is that pleasing to the Lord? Hmm. Okay. You know, we got to learn how to check ourselves. We got to learn how to check ourselves. And when we do, the Bible says, if you examine yourself, other people won't need to examine you. So if you don't like other people telling you, <laughs> you know, about yourself, you tell yourself about yourself. And I think that's very powerful. It's very powerful for us to do. So, with that being said, I have a small conclusion to wrap this up with, and oftentimes I like to leave an accountability assignment, okay? I want your time here to not be in vain. And the only way that's gonna happen is if you take something away with you, you learn from it and you apply it. So in reviewing, I had asked this question, identify for you, what do you think is your own personal purpose accelerator? Right, what are those things that are working in your favor to help you Stay on the path of glorifying God. And what are some of those things that may be blocking you from fulfilling your purpose? Maybe it's just a lack of knowledge. So maybe continuing to come here in places like this and, you know, Sunday mornings and getting fed and getting in the word, maybe that's going to help because maybe lack of knowledge is one of the things that's blocking. Maybe it's that uh, fear of approval, you know, or being driven by the wrong things. You guys take these notes get with the Holy Spirit, examine yourself, okay, and let him reveal to you what you need to do so that you can be more effective in your life because the world is waiting on us to get it together. So identify what your purpose accelerators and your purpose blockers are, and then like I said, I'm going to say this because I love this statement here. Be purposeful about fulfilling your purpose. It's got to be intentional. It's got to be intentional. It's not going to happen by osmosis. It's not even going to happen by you wishing for it or you hoping for it. You have to be intentional, be purposeful about living on purpose with purpose okay? We're going to exhaust that word tonight, purpose. It's just going to be flooded in you where you recognize how powerful purpose is. And speaking of purpose, there's, again, so many different layers that we get to look at this. So next week, we're going to look at the purpose of what praise and worship does and is for our lives. It's a very, very important component to that relationship We talked about earlier that fellowship aspect that we talked about, and so for me, I know for a fact that the elevation of my relationship with God, even the, the elevation of where the trajectory of my own personal life went to another level when I understood the purpose of praise and worship, and those are two separate, distinct. Categories, if you will, even though we lump them together all the time. So we're going to just take a moment to peel back those layers and look at that, so that again we become even more empowered to live a purpose-driven life. And you cannot stay down with this type of information. God's word. The more you fill yourself with God's word, it does the work of elevating your soul, okay, of stirring up your faith and your spirit and we get to kick some devil butt. So I get excited. <laughs> so that's what your accountability assignment is if you're going to join us next week. And um, please bring a friend or a family member. I know we have some new faces and some returning faces, and that's awesome. But again, people won't know because they don't know what they don't know until they know what they know. So share what you know so that they can come in the know and we can all know together. Okay? So with that being said, I think we did pretty smooth on, on time tonight, guys. You guys were so attentive and so right on there, and I love it, and I pray that everything that has gone forth today has been all for the glory of God. So I'm going to just kind of close this out in prayer, and then I'm going to bring the pastor up to give us some closing announcements. So dear Heavenly Father, it is such an honor and a privilege uh, to be used by you, Lord God, to be a vessel, to be um, a platform on which you can stand to make yourself great, Lord God. So I thank you that as the word went forth today, that it did not fall upon deaf ears, that we have receptive hearts to what it is that you will have for us to learn and to grow in the knowledge and application of your word, Lord God. I thank you that your word will not return unto you void, but that it will accomplish that which you sent it forth to do. Again, I thank you for this time for your presence here, leading us and guiding us into all truth by your spirit, Lord. And as we leave here tonight, we thank you in advance for your divine protection, Lord, your angels that are encamped around about us to ensure that we will arrive at our destinations safely, Lord God. We pray for the salvation, the safety, and the well-being of anyone and everyone who concerns us in our lives, Lord God. May they come to know you, love you, and serve you alone all the days of their lives. We thank you. We praise you, Lord God. And we honor you for this privilege here tonight. May we continue to walk in purpose every day. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen.